Josh Young is Rookie of the Month, is Rookie of the Year next. The Rangers blow a bad, bad bullpen game. And we're going to talk about the three biggest surprises for the Texas Rangers to start the season. All that and more on this episode of Locked on Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked on Rangers. Your daily Texas Rangers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are locked on to the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Paddock, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan since 2010, the founder and host for all five seasons of this Locked On Rangers podcast. Thank you all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. Shout out to the everydayers. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Paddock. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers and subscribe on YouTube where the best way you can help grow the show is to comment nearly any single thing below. On today's show, we're getting into Josh Young's Rookie of the Year case. Is he the favorite now to win the American League Rookie of the Year? But first, this episode episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. Stop throwing your money away, cancel unwanted subscriptions, and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash MLB. Josh Young won the American League Rookie of the Month award for April, and then he followed that up by just absolutely crushing it in this game, a three-hit game for him, a multi-home run game. He is at eight home runs on the season, tied for the team lead with Adolis Garcia, and he is well on his way to winning May Rookie of the Year as well as American League, or May Rookie of the Month, as well as American League Rookie of the Year. Right now, according to FanDuel's odds, he is plus 300 to win American League Rookie of the Year. He is the favorite. Masataka Yoshida of the Boston Red Sox, the uh, Japanese player who is signed to play the outfield and having a pretty good rookie season himself. He's plus 350. That's the closest one to him. Anthony Volpe, shortstop of the New York Yankees, is the next closest at plus 700. And then Hunter Brown, the Astros pitcher, is at plus 750, which kind of surprised me. The guy who was, I believe, the odds-on favorite to start the year, Gunnar Henderson, is plus 1,500. And Tanner Bibby is the only other player who is on this list. I believe he is a Cleveland Guardians pitcher who has done fairly well in a couple of starts so far. He's also plus 1,500. But Josh Young is the odds-on favorite. He has five times better odds odds than Gunnar Henderson, who was MLB.com's top prospect overall. And I'm just, I'm delighted. I am delighted for Josh Young. First and foremost, he deserves the Rookie of the Month honors. He led rookies with home runs with six. He also led them in RBIs. He put together some fantastic numbers. Those those six uh, home runs and his RBI totals, um, which uh, 21 RBIs was the number of, number of RBIs he had in the month. Those were the most any Rangers rookie has ever had uh, at the end of April, which is fantastic. He is on a tear to start this season. He was slugging 500. He's hitting 270, an OPS of 820 in that month. Those RBI and home runs totals were leading all American League rookies. The hits he was leading as well as extra base hits. He had five doubles as well. And then he blasts two massive home runs for the Rangers, one of which was a go-ahead home run in this one. The Rangers offense was battling back after Heaney had a, a bit of a rough start. We'll talk on, on that and the bullpen's just implosion later on. But this is Josh Young time. This is his time to shine. He has been fantastic. He has been everything the Rangers have wanted from him and more. He was the ninth overall, eighth, excuse me, overall pick out of Texas Tech in 2019. There was some talk at draft time that eh, this is a pretty solid, safe, unfun pick. I mean, 
yeah, he hit pretty well at Texas Tech. Didn't hit for a whole lot of power. I don't know if he's going to hit for opposite field power. I don't know about his defense at third base. I don't know if he's going to stick there. He's going to have to really, really rake to to make up for that. He's not going to be great defensively. He's, you know, not walking at a, a great rate. Last year, they thought, oh, well, this this approach is, is not that great. He's going to sell it for power and strike out a whole bunch and, um, you know, only hit pull side power. Well, he, he has not done that. He has lived up to every expectation of him. The last few years have been a really rough road to the big leagues for a guy who absolutely crushed it pretty much every time that he was in the minors. He would just suffer these two freak injuries, one a broken foot a couple of years ago, and then a shoulder injury last year that kept him out was supposed to be the entire year. He ended up coming back much sooner than anyone anticipated. I believe it was the end of July when he was finally playing and rehabbing. Then he made it up to the big leagues for a 26, I think, game sample size where he showed some flashes. He hit his first home run on his first MLB at bat, which was fantastic. Great moment for him. Showed some some flaws at third base, showed some some holes in his swing, got exploited a little bit, probably pressing a little bit too much, probably was came back a little bit too soon, but he showed that he could hang in the big leagues, and now he's 25, he's a rookie. Finally, every day, third base was his. It had been for, honestly, the last two and a half years is pretty much earmarked for Josh Young to be up at the big league level, but he is here and he has announced himself with authority. He is hitting the ball to all fields. Half of his home runs have been to the opposite field. Half of them have been to the pole side. He's hitting doubles. He's hitting singles. He's not walking at the rate that I expected him to. I think that those numbers will jump up a bit. The strikeout rate and the whiff rate are a little concerning. It's not something that I thought we'd see a whole lot from him he is still 25 he is still a rookie he is still getting better there will be a prolonged slump but right now he is absolutely crushing it after those two home runs his OPS is up to 866 slugging 541 and a 325 on base percentage for the 25 year old rookie third baseman who is going to be a Texas Ranger for a long long time and you should get excited about that. I mean, his defense has been much better than anticipated this year at third base. He has been working hard to just not stand out at third base, which is basically what Bruce Bochy told him before the season. He's like, hey, don't worry about your bat. Just just work on your glove at third base. Just be solid over there. And right now, an outs above average, he's in the 66th percentile in all of baseball. So basically right on the edge of that top third defensively at third base. And I think that really that those numbers really passed the eye test of what he has done, made some really nice diving stops, has made the routine plays. The arm strength is up a little bit from where it was last year. I don't know if he's just got worked hard on that arm strength or he's just making better throws or better footwork. I don't know what it is. Maybe get him to work a little bit with Adrian Beltre because we saw what that did for Andy Ibanez, who was kind of a disaster at third base. Maybe on this road trip when they're in Anaheim and, you know, we always see Adrian Beltre just kind of hanging around in Anaheim and talking with the players and, you know, living his life, being a dad, having a great grand old time, but just kind of shows up every once in a while and say, Hey, I'm Adrian Beltre. Maybe you could just give like a few pointers to Josh Young and his defense will go from pretty good to really freaking good. Cause if he could take Andy Ibanez from bad to pretty good, defensively imagine the kind of touch he could have on Josh Young's defense he is going to be the Rangers third baseman of the future he is not having to be the heir apparent Adrian Beltre there doesn't have to be those comparisons of oh well Josh Young is the next Adrian Beltre I think that's great I think it's great the Rangers had some time in between Adrian Beltre and Josh Young and for a while, I thought the successor, the heir apparent to Adrian Beltre, was going to be Joey Gallo. He moved to the outfield. Then the Rangers have had a kind of mishmash of 
just random guys there over the last couple of years. And there's been enough time passed that we have kind of forgotten about the, the spoils of having Adrian Beltre as your third baseman. And therefore, Josh Young can just go and be Josh Young and do great Josh Young's things that are different than Adrian Beltre because Beltre was up in the big leagues at age 19. Josh Young didn't do that. He went to Texas Tech. And I was watching him at age 19 at Texas Tech be freaking great. And if all the actual stock that I bought in Texas Young being a good Major League Baseball player was like a, a valued, tradable commodity... Right now, I'd be sitting on a lot of, of assets because I was really high on Josh Young from the time that I saw him at Texas Tech. I knew this guy was going to be a big leaguer, and I had a pretty good feeling that he's going to be a good one. And the thing about him, the thing that I've always praised about Josh Young, and I think the, the thing that the Rangers love the most about him is his work ethic, his just absolute obsession with baseball. The guys like that are the ones that you never really know what their ceiling is going to be. His That kind of work ethic reminds me of Paul Goldschmidt, a guy who was drafted, I believe, in the 25th round out of Texas State. It was not a guy who anyone was super high on. And just every single part of his game just kept getting better and better and better and better until Paul Goldschmidt was one of the best players in all of baseball and has continued to be so at this age. He won an MVP last year first of his career and he just got better at literally everything he wasn't great defensively at first base didn't have the you know best um you know plate discipline didn't have the most power didn't have you know wasn't super great around the bases and Paul Goldschmidt just became a really great well-rounded player because he was so obsessed with his craft and sticking to it and just working his freaking butt off and that is what Josh Young does every single day it's what makes him really really special and what makes the Rangers really lucky they have him for such a long time and Rangers fans are going to enjoy many more multi-home run games for Josh Young for years to come hopefully while the Rangers are stacking up some wins unlike this game that got out of hand with the bullpen we're going to break down what happened with the bullpen later on we're going to look at the three biggest surprises for the Rangers this season but first, this episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. It's so easy to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you and never take a moment to think about yourself. But when we spend all of our time giving, it can leave us feeling stretched thin and burned out. Therapy can help give you the tools to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. I've recently started therapy and uh, at the, at the, uh, it kind of, kind of helped me out quite a bit in the last couple of weeks. Eric Nadell was struggling with with uh, anxiety and depression, and he's always been a champion of mental health and the importance of therapy. And uh, it kind of inspired me to feel more open talking about it. And, uh, you know, BetterHelp is a, a great tool for you if you're thinking about starting BetterHelp or starting therapy, then you should give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. You can switch therapists at any time with no additional charge. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnMLB to get $10, 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOnMLB. Thank you all so much for making Lockdown Rangers your first listen every day. Shout out to the everydayers. On tomorrow's show, I'll be doing a look around the farm, where it stands a month into the season. Probably a little bit of a look ahead at that series against the Angels in Anaheim this weekend. If you're also an everyday listener for Rangers games, then you... You should check out the Rangers versus the Angels at 8.38 Central Time on Friday night. Nathan Ivaldi versus Tyler Anderson. You can catch every pitch with the hometown broadcast on Sirius XM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, Texas really had a bad bullpen outing in this one. It was it was a painful one. The Rangers only had a one-run lead, and it got out of hand really badly lately. I mean, this Rangers offense 
did what it does and had a five-run inning in the bottom of the fifth, capped off by that two-run shot by Josh Young, his second of the game, to give the Rangers a lead, who has started off by a home run from Leo Tavares, his first of the season. Shouts to him, a three-hit game. Big game for him in this one. He also walked in this one, reached base four times. Very much needed for for Leo Tavares. Also got a home run from Jonah Heim. Heim time his sixth home run of the season. He continues to absolutely mash, DHing the day after a night game and getting his bat in there, um, which we'll talk about who else I thought might have gotten an opportunity in this one, um, but it's more credit to Jonah Heim. But this was a rough day for the pitching staff in general. Four and two-thirds innings, four Andrew Heaney, four walks, six earned runs, three home runs. Did have five strikeouts, though, but the walks just really, really killed Andrew Heaney in this one. One of the things that I liked about Heaney last year is that you knew he was going to give up the home runs. You knew he was going to give up the hard contact. He was going to get the strikeouts, though, and he wasn't going to give away a lot of free passes. He is not super economical with his pitch count, um, and that can kind of lead him to only going, you know, five, maybe six innings in his starts, and that's fine. You kind of knew that, and you expected that from your number five man in your rotation, but this was just a really, really rough one. 3.6 walks per nine for him this year. Nine and a half strikeouts. That was heading into this one. I think that number has jumped up. Um, his ERA definitely jumped up in this one, up over five and a half at this point. That was tough. Um, I do commend Josh Sports for coming in and, you know, his overall line doesn't look super great. I think a lot, of, a large part of that, I know a large part of that was due to Jose Leclerc having the roughest outing that he has had this season and just not being put in a great spot. But I was, I was impressed by Spores for the time that he came in there. He got hit around a little bit, but the Rangers didn't have a whole lot of options in the pen after, you know, going to some of their key guys last night in the win, or I guess, Tuesday night in the win. They went to Jonathan Hernandez in that one. They also had Brock Burke throw in that one. They also had new closer, Will Smith. Yes, he is the closer. <laughs> Bruce Bochy has said as much. He has taken that role from Jose Clerk, who was put in a difficult spot. He was put in with uh, runners on, uh, I believe, at least, yeah, two runners on base and in the middle of an inning, and that is not where Jose Leclerc thrives. Leclerc has been a guy who has struggled for a long, as long as I've been watching him, as soon as I saw him in double-A when he was still a starter. That's why he lost the job as a starter in the minor leagues. They thought, okay, well, let's just throw this guy in the pen. He's got some really nasty off-speed stuff. That fastball will play up. It's got a good spin rate, and that cut changeup and the circle changeup, those will play pretty freaking well at the big league level. And for the most part, they have, but the walk problems have continued to plague Jose Leclerc. He comes into this one and walks the first two batters he faces without throwing a single strike. It just absolutely maddening. Walks in the game-tying run, then gives up the go-ahead run, does finally get it out, allows a hit, but just a painful outing to watch him not be in the strike zone after Spores got burned for one of his walks and one of his hits that he was allowed. Jose Leclerc has not been good coming into situations with inherited runners. He's allowed five of seven inherited runners to score this season. The Rangers pen has not done a good job of stranding those runners. They do a little bit better with some clean innings. The only guys who have done super well in those outings, in those instances, are the two guys that I trust most in high leverage situations. That is Will Smith and Jonathan Hernandez. I think Burke has done a decent job of that, but He's mostly getting some clean innings as well. 
but it is it is a rough go of it. And the Rangers didn't have much else to go to. They kind of had to let Leclerc work through it a little bit. They bring in Ian Kennedy. He allows a home run, a couple of hits, doesn't walk anybody, thankfully. He has to get them through an inning and two-thirds of work. But by that time, the Rangers have given up 12 runs. They are now down five after taking the lead um, heading into that sixth inning. And it's just, it's not enough for the Rangers. They need some help in the bullpen. They need to do a better job of figuring out where these guys thrive in their roles. And I thought the bullpen was a little deeper than it was. And it's going to get less deep because Dane Dunning is about to have to jump into the starting rotation. And Cole Reagans has not pitched out of the pen in pretty much ever until this year. He's got some good stuff and he's just not used to the relief life. Dane Dunning has been really freaking good, but it is time for him to step in as a starter with Jacob Grom on the IL. Yeri Rodriguez was thankfully able to come in, get a scoreless drama-free inning of work and, and drop his, cut his ERA in half from nine to four and a half. But this is, this is a rough outing for sure for this bullpen. It kind of shows that the Raiders haven't been in a whole lot of these close games. They, they haven't, they have been just bludgeoning the crap out of the team with their offense and you'd think seven runs should be enough to win you most games and it should but sometimes you have your number five starter give up a six piece to a pretty decent offense this is not a bunch of bums I mean this is a pretty decent team Christian Walker had a multi-home run game five RBIs for him multi-hit game from Yuli Gurriel Um, just a pretty deep and talented lineup that has been the reason that Arizona has been competing in the National League West with the likes of the Dodgers and the Padres. They have been up there and been on top of it for most of this season, and there is a reason for that. Um, The Rangers' offense was able to get them back into it, but the bullpen just was not able to rely on that depth, was not able to be played right. I think this was a kind of a big eye-opening situation for Bruce Bochy to see, oh, okay, well, LeClerc coming in, he needs to come in in a clean inning so that when he does issue his like one pretty much standard walk per inning and his one random single for anything, he can just strand those runners and get the strikeouts and not have as much pressure. Because he, when he comes in the big pressure situations, I think that him in the closer role was always going to be a difficult scenario for him unless he came in in those clean innings in the ninth inning. He's done a decent job of that, but when he's forced to come in into dangerous situations without the base is empty. It has been a struggle for him, a guy who has always struggled to throw strikes. The stuff is really nasty and it plays well in the right scenario, but high leverage runners on base scenarios late in games does not seem to be Jose Leclerc's bread and butter. And it might be about time to pull him out of that role. Coming up, we're going to talk a little bit about Corey Seager being back quicker than I anticipated even just a few days ago and what the heck the moves are going to be when he comes back. But first, this episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Over 80% of people have subscriptions that they forgot about, and chances are you're probably one of them. Like, you know, that one streaming service that you you got for that one show, and you're like, oh, no, I'll, I'll remember to cancel my free trial by the time I finish it this show and you didn't and up oh, it's still going months and months later rocket money will find and cancel those payments you know you don't have to pay for those anymore or you can just go 
rocket use rocket money they'll quickly find it easily find all those subscriptions that you don't want anymore you could just hit cancel and rocket money will cancel it for you it is just that easy over three million people have used rocket money saving the average person up to 720 dollars a year so stop throwing your money away cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash locked on mlb that's rocketmoney.com slash locked on mlb one more time rocketmoney.com slash locked on mlb shout out to the everydayers thank y'all so much for making locked on rangers your first listen every single day like i said on friday show i'll be doing a whip around look at the farm one month into the season the goods the bads the uglies there are some of all of them and you can bet your bippy there will be some evan carter talk and some waxing poetic about maybe next year's Rookie of the Year candidate. Or maybe he comes up this year and the Rangers have three guys in Ezekiel Duran, Josh Young, and um, Evan Carter all fighting for those Rookie of the Year votes. Uh, but Corey Seager got a positive update. Bruce Bochy said Wednesday that he was going to be back in seven to ten days. That is huge news. He started ramping back up that hamstring injury. He has been out since, I believe, April 11th. It has been a hot minute that the Rangers have been without their best offensive player in Corey Seager. And this offense has still been one of the best in baseball. I mean, they just dropped a five spot to take the lead in the fifth inning. Probably thought they could get a little bit more. Um, we're able to, you know, strand a bunch of base runners. And, and by the way, that fifth run, that five run inning, really small note that I, I want to, I really think is important. The Rangers got that inning started with a Leody Tavares home run, then Sandy Leone doubles. And it's the bottom of the order, the eight and nine guys starting that five run inning. That is a huge compliment to how good this team has been. Travis Jankowski in, in the two hole or Robbie Grossman in the two hole. It, this offense is going to get a lot better. No shade to Robbie Grossman and Travis Jankowski who have done a very good job. Very, very good, very positive job in that two hole, keeping it warm while, while Corey Seager has been away. Um, and Ezekiel Duran, who has been keeping shortstop very warm while he was away. away. I, I talked on yesterday's show. Yes, Wednesday show? Yes, Wednesday's show about why Ezekiel Duran has definitely earned an everyday spot once Seager comes back, which, again, is going to be much sooner than anticipated. But in terms of the move that the roster move that I think is going to be made once Seager comes back off the I.L., I, I think it's Brad Miller time. Uh, Miller time is over in Texas. He has not been getting really any reps. Maybe there's some phantom injury that is happening like last year where he, he at, at least last year, Brad Miller had like a month where he was pretty darn good. But so far this year in 14 games, he's got a 565 OPS and on base of 283 and a slugging percentage of just 282. Only one home run, one double for him. A guy who is a DH only to play against the best right-handed pitchers. He is there to be a DH against right-handed pitchers, and he cannot get these opportunities. Even in a night game after a day game, the Rangers go ahead and put Jonah Heim in that lineup, and there was no Brad Miller time. Um, I think his roster spot is, yeah, you're going to basically eat $5 million to you know cut bait with Brad Miller. The experiment that I thought was sure to be at least fine and has been truly terrible the last two years, which is a darn shame. I'm sure Brad Miller is a, a fine man um, and a, a good clubhouse guy, but he has not been a very good baseball player for the Rangers the last couple of years. So I think that has got to be the move that the Rangers make, and it is a little surprising. But we're going to talk about the three good surprises that the Rangers have had, the three best surprises for the Rangers this season. Number one, it has to start with, well, 
actually all three of these guys have been pretty positive, but I, I want to start with Will Smith. He has been fantastic for the Texas Rangers, leads the team with four saves, 10 and two thirds innings pitched, 12 strikeouts, um, just absolutely phenomenal for the Rangers in high leverage situations. He has been their most consistent reliever, the one I trust the most in the biggest spots, and he has just come up huge for the Rangers. I didn't have a whole lot of faith in him after last year. It looked like he was a little bit cooked. If you know, I mean, the Astros had a really good bullpen, but they just did not use him very much once they traded for him from Atlanta. He was not great for Atlanta last year. He was fine, unexceptional for the Astros, who had a very deep and talented bullpen, so they didn't use him that much in their run to the World Series. But Atlanta did the year before in their run to the World Series. He has been around for quite some time. He is 33 years old. He is walking guys a little bit more than I would like. Fastball velocity or spin rate, neither of those are very good, but it doesn't freaking matter. It is all about the slider with him. The expected batting average against is in the top 5% of baseball. Expected slugging, top 2% of baseball barrel rate, expected ERA, expected will, but all those in the top 4% of baseball, just nobody is hitting him hard. Nobody is seeing what he is doing. And that's what Will Smith does when he is on his game. He is just fooling guys. He is just fooling them time and time again. And he is doing that for the Texas Rangers. There's a reason he has been in the major leagues for 10 years, 10 seasons. He has been a very consistent, dependable reliever in these big situations. I didn't think he was going to end up being the closer a month into the season, but be taking that job and freaking run with it. He has been so helpful to a Rangers bullpen that is needing some high leverage options. He is a consistent one. He is a reliable one. And I honestly don't see him losing this closer job um, for the rest of this year. I just really trust him that much. I'm sure there will be a little bit of regression. I don't know if he'll keep a sub to ERA for the whole season, but I trust him, and I think that he has been a huge, huge benefit to this Rangers bullpen in need of some veteran presence because Brock Burke and Jonathan Hernandez have been pretty good this year. Dane Dunning has been pretty good out of the pen, but having a guy who can come in in those big scenarios, I don't know that you always necessarily need a closer, but sometimes you just freaking need a closer, and Will Smith has been that. Staying in the pen, which has been surprisingly good and was supposed to be the weak point of the, of the team and probably still is after a game like that it's hard to not say that dane dunning shout out to dane dunning the man the myth the legend who is going to make at least one start maybe a couple of starts in jacob de Gromstead. coming out of the pen as a long man something he has not done in his major league career has been phenomenal in eight games 20 and a third innings just 11 strikeouts but not walking anybody not allowing hits just 2.2 walks per nine the strikeouts are down to 4.9 per nine that's fine that is just fine it felt like dane dunning was trying to strike too many guys out the last couple of years he is just doing what he does allowing soft contact allowing ground balls and just nope you are not getting a darn thing from me a 177 era for this man who has been incredibly valuable for the Rangers. He has been the highest war uh, reliever for Texas, a 0.6 war, which is right on pace with Nathan Eovaldi and a little bit behind the guy who is number three on this list who we'll talk about in a minute. But shout out to Dane Dunning. He didn't look like he was going to make the major league roster, but uh, injuries to Glenn Otto and to Jake Odorizzi kind of forced him into that long man role. He thought, okay, well, I thought he was just going to go down AAA and start and be the number six, seven, whatever starter for the Rangers. That's not the case. I'm not going to get any Jake Odorizzi and they have needed a guy to step up and 
will need to make some starts, some big starts for the Rangers in Jacob DeGrom's stead. I trust Dane Dunning. I trust this version of Dane Dunning. He is feeling confident, and he is looking freaking good, and he has been very, very valuable to the Rangers. I didn't expect it, and I got to tip my cap to this guy who has been absolutely fantastic in a very tough role for the Rangers and going to change that role, and hopefully he can still be maybe not sub to ERA good as a starter. Maybe. Maybe he can, but... It needs, he needs a tip of the cap and a, a standing ovation for what he has done so far this season. The last guy on this list was probably most surprising. I think literally the last guy to make the opening day roster. That is, of course, Travis Jankowski, who has stepped up in a big, big way for the Texas Rangers, still hitting over 300, but on base of 391. I believe these stats are before the Wednesday game because baseball reference doesn't doesn't update these until like 1 a.m. And I'm recording this slightly before 1 a.m. So these are what I got in front of me. But Jankowski has been excellent with his defense. I know it's kind of weird to point to an end of the roster spot guy, but he's been hitting second for the Rangers. He's gotten on base really high. Still doesn't have a home run yet this season, but leading the team in stolen bases with five just caught stealing once. A good walk rate hitting for a little bit of extra base power. Uh, a few triples or a few doubles and a triple for him this season. He's been important. He's been important to this Rangers lineup, the defense in center field coming in occasionally for Leody, before Leody was there. He was playing a lot of center field defense and doing a darn good job of it when he's playing in left field. I mean, I really, really trust this lineup. This is a very, very good uh, defensive alignment for the outfield, having Adolis in right and Leody in center, and Travis Jankowski in left field. I trust that outfield so freaking much. Having his depth to come in and pinch run or play pinch defense in center or right or left, that is very, very valuable. He is a 32-year-old, and I, I saw some some quips about, oh, well, if 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 Ezekiel Duran is going to be the everyday left fielder, then what are you going to do with Travis Jankowski? You, you have to, you have to keep Travis Jankowski's bat in the lineup. And yeah, for the most part, you, you don't, the guy's made a nine year big league career. This is his ninth season in the big leagues. The most games he's played in a year was 131 back in 2016 with the Padres. He's only had one other season where he's had a hundred or more games. And in those seasons, he had an OPS below 700. He had, did have a really nice season in Philadelphia uh, in 2021, a 715 OPS in 76 games there. But the Rangers know what he is, and maybe Bubba will end up being sent down instead of him whenever Mitch Garver comes back, because I think that's the next most likely option. And unless they want to just send Josh Smith down, which is an option. I don't know this one that the Rangers will want to take. But shout out to Travis Jankowski. Who knows what kind of role he's going to have once things get back um, to a, a different level when Corey Seager gets back. Um, but having his versatility and what he's done here is something that should be praised and um, definitely deserves recognition. Shout out to Travis Jankowski, Will Smith, and Dane Dunning, the three biggest and best surprises for the Texas Rangers to start this season. That's going to do it for today's show. I'll be back tomorrow to look around at the first month on the farm. Thank y'all so much to the everydayers. Thank y'all so much for listening and subscribing. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy baseball. <laughs>